it's all about being vulnerable for me. And I say this to people that I coach, that I lead, that I, whether I lead or follow, it's not about me. I must say that. I don't know how many times a day, brother, but I have to remind myself because the ego does try to get in the way and tell me how great I'm doing or, or, and by the way, none of that stuff lasts, right? No matter how good it is, it too shall pass. No matter how bad it is, it too shall pass. So really getting my ego wrapped up in any of that, especially anything that is, I don't know, materialistic or amount of followers or books or podcast listeners. Trust me, I do it. I've done it, but it doesn't mean shit at the end of the day. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm excited today because I've got a guy I actually just met, J.M. Ryerson. I, I met him a, literally a couple weeks ago at an event in Park City where Aaron and I were speaking and, uh, and, and presenting to this big group of guys. And you know, the universe always delivers the right people in your life. And when it delivers not the right people, you're, you are in charge of growing yourself to figure out who the right and not right people are or the most serving and non-serving people are. Well, JM happens to be one of those serving people. And we met and just instantly connected. And he's got this, this podcast called Let's Go Win. The company's called Let's Go Win. And I just, I just immediately was, was attracted to that. And I thought, wow, this guy's doing such great stuff for the world. Let's get him on, man. Let's celebrate him. And let's build a relationship here, a friendship here of, of cooperation. I don't see competition in this, uh, in this business. And I want to just collaborate with anybody and everybody I can to just, uh, just make as much impact as possible. And I know that sounds corny and cliche. It's not. It's real. It's authentic. So before I get you J, uh, JM's bio, real quick, I'm going to keep this under a minute. I promise we're getting right into the episode. Um, Got to get into the community, the Men on Purpose community on Facebook. Get into the Men on Purpose community. It is free. It is an ecosystem of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who are like-minded. At this point, we'll probably have 750 people in there. We're heading to 1,000 next month. Like, Get in there. Get, get sharing. Get involved. Be open. Be honest. You want help? If you're not where you want to be, if you're not who you want to be, you got to get into the community. It is free and people are getting a shit ton of help in there. There's coaching two days a week for free for an hour. Think about that. There's free coaching for an hour twice a week. There's exercises, there's giveaways, there's contests. And most importantly, the people in there are just so amazing. And I'm so proud of this thing. And I'm so proud of the people that are in there and what they're doing for their lives and their legacies and their families and their businesses. It's freaking awesome. Anyway, second free resource is the podcast. We got our mastermind. If you are ready to kick this thing up a notch and get to where you want to go and evolve to who you want to become, the mastermind will get you there in a hundred days. guaranteed. fucking teed. I'm passionate about this. Excuse my F-bombs. If you have children in a car. <laughs> So let's get to JM. Enough of that. Let's get to JM. So JM is an author. He's a mindset coach and he's a host of Let's Go Win podcast who's been building companies and leading sales teams for over 20 years. He's the co-founder and CEO of Let's Go Win whose mission is to increase leadership, enhance culture, and help teams achieve peak performance. JM believes that everything rises and falls on leadership. Based on this belief, he spent his career focused on enriching the lives of others while continuing to educate himself on the best practices in leadership, vulnerability, and teamwork. His ability to impart some of his knowledge 
maybe his greatest contribution to you and your team's success. James, his, his great passions are inspiring people to live their best lives and become open to life, to what life has in store for them. His ultimate goal is to give others the tools that will allow them to transcend their self-limiting beliefs. And there's nothing more inspiring than to watch somebody achieve more than they can ever imagine. That's why JM considers it a just a real privilege to be a part of other people's incredible journeys. JM was raised in Montana. He lives in Boca Raton, Florida with his wife, Lisa, and his two amazing boys. Here you go. JM Ryerson, we're talking about authenticity. We're talking about fulfillment. We're talking about happiness. We're talking about being a freaking man and dad and husband on purpose. Here you go. Enjoy. All right, Jam, let's do this thing, man. We only met a couple weeks ago at an event in Park City. And I really like, you came to one of my um, not, like classes. And then I really just, we, we hung out afterwards and I really enjoyed your story. And I thought, man, I, I think the guys of the podcast or the men and women who listen to the podcast are going to get such a great amount of value out of you and your story and the choices you've made. So here we are. Now let's break your story down and, and give people the juice. Yeah, cool, brother. Yeah, it hasn't been long, but you know what? It's funny when you meet somebody that you're like, yeah, I'm going to have them in my life for a long time. I don't, yeah. I used to shy away from that and be like, no, nah, man, I, I don't know this person. I got to, I just felt it. You have great energy. I loved what y'all did on stage, of course. But Thank so you. anyway, I'll just throw that out there first. Uh, in terms Appreciate of my it. story, man, Let's Go Win is my fourth company that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of building. But this is really, uh, this is a legacy company, if you will. And it's funny because obviously part of your your talk was on legacy, and it's such an important yeah. word to me. But the first three companies were amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's provided for my family. I absolutely love the people I worked with. However, it wasn't 100% fulfilling there was something missing. There was something lacking. And I knew it. I've known it for a long time. I definitely put in a lot of good years. But at some point, uh, I, I well, I know what it was. I wrote the first book for my kids. And that just struck a chord, man, because the gal I was working with said, I didn't know you were selfish. And I said, I don't think I'm selfish. And she goes, if you only share that book with two human beings, you're selfish. Cool, lesson learned, let's publish this thing. And it just launched into this whole wild ride of the Let's Go Win. I call it a movement. It is a company, but yeah. I call it a movement. And so the podcast to the next book to coaching, I, I get to wake up every single day, Ian, and I get to work with people on their dreams and their aspirations. And I can't think of anything more fulfilling than that. So I'm blessed, brother. I truly am. I love what I do every single day. And that includes the good, the bad, and the ugly. I just, it's all a journey. And, and I don't know, man. It's just, it really, really fills my bucket. Yeah, I love it. So go back, way back when, when you weren't that guy who was fulfilled. So the, they're, you're, uh, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am 43 years old or young, however you want to look at it. We'll go with young. <laughs> so at 33, what were you doing? Were you in the rat race? 20s and 30s spent in the bullshit, the rat race, the just chasing the dollars and providing for the family in quotes because that's what we're supposed to do. 
Yeah, you picked a really interesting age because that was the time of my second company. And I will tell you, you were picking arguably the pit of hell for me during that time. <laughs> and here's why. We had taken what was an amazing company, the first one that just one business partner and I had grown. And we were clear, man, on who we were, what our values were. And then we merged together and there were six total partners we brought together, which is a lot to begin with. But then we had our core values were just not aligned. So quite literally every day that I woke up, I loathed going to work. And I was making a tremendous amount of money. There's no doubt about it. But it didn't matter. I was not happy. That bled into my marriage. That bled into me as a parent. And it's like, you know, people think they can compartmentalize. I don't believe you can because if you're not happy in one area, that stuff is going to absolutely come over into other. And that I was the case. I was the case in the point. And so the people I surrounded myself with at that time, they're wonderful people, but they're just not aligned with who I was. So to go back 10 years, man, it was not ideal. And so I knew at that point I did need to make a change that led into the third company, which is wonderful, but it's not quite the same as it is today, man. Like I get juice to get out of bed every day. Like seriously, I hop out of bed and my wife's like, it's the morning. Can you relax? And I'm like, sorry, love. (laughs) I'm off to work out, meditate, journal, all the things I love to do. And I get to do that with a bunch of people that I'm helping. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I love that, man. So you're, you're, you're one of the lucky ones. And I say lucky, even though you made a choice, you're still one of the lucky ones that actually made the choice. Because I think a lot of guys make the choice, or they, they, they know that they're unhappy. They know that they don't want to be doing what they're doing. They may make a choice to jump out or to go try something new, and they get sucked back in. Case in point was me at 29, leaving my dad's shipping business, in which I, I made a lot of money. A lot of had a lot of success, and then at the end, like I was pretty much on empty, like broke, um, and then jumping into real estate, and I I realized like something's got to be different here, and then I jumped into real estate, and it became the let's make as much money as possible so that I can be seen, and I can be loved, and I can be approved of and appreciated by all these people who don't give a fuck about me. Frankly, they none of them cared about me because when I left the business, and 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 uh, in during the pandemic, and and really like focused on mental purpose and building this coaching business. I don't talk to those people anymore. All those people that were such great friends of mine. And I noticed that shit and I'm not, I'm not hitting on everybody. I'm telling you it was the vast majority, 98% of the people. I noticed it when my daughter was born. And then when I left the business, I realized like 98% of these people are not my friends. So the time that I spent at the bars, the time that I spent in the, in these conferences, hanging out with them at night, hanging out during the day, masterminding, whatever, with them, it actually wasn't, it, 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 I was lying to myself. And the signs were there. I was lying to myself. And then building the coaching business, like, don't get me wrong, there's still some frustrations. Of course, it's a business. And I wake up the same as you, man. Like today, I get to impact somebody's life. I get to make a, a real difference in somebody's life today. And how do you feel about like ego in that? Like, do you ever feel like you're sometimes your ego's kicking? Cause you're like, man, look at all the shit I'm doing for other people today. You know? (laughs) 
You know, it's so interesting, man. You said so much in that. And I have to tell you, when, before I answer that question, I wrote an article on people coming to your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, right? And that took sure. me a long time to really grasp, man, because, you know, there's people that came into my life for a reason, but I thought they were lifetime. I was trying to hold on to them like they're lifetime buddies when the case, it wasn't the case. And that's okay. Yeah. Look, I learned that. And I'm not saying I have it down. Heck no, man. I'll make that mistake. But I do trust my gut far more. Like, I know when it's like, like I said, when I met you, I felt energy. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do something with Thanks. this dude. And there's another guy in Georgia that you and I both connected on. And I was like, yeah. something's there. So I, yeah. I have to say that. But specific to the ego thing, man. Here's the biggest lesson I learned, and it's literally chapter one of my book. It's all about being vulnerable for me, and I say this to people that I coach, that I lead, that I, whether I lead or follow, it's not about me. I must say that, I don't know how many times a day, brother, but I have to remind myself because the ego does try to get in the way and tell me how great I'm doing. Or, or And by the way, none of that stuff lasts, right? No matter how good it is, it too shall pass. No matter how bad it is, it too shall pass. So really getting my ego wrapped up in any of that, especially anything that is, I don't know, materialistic or amount of followers or books or podcast listeners. Trust me, I do it. I've done it. But it doesn't mean shit at the end of the day. Yeah. What makes, what really, really means something to me is, how do I make the people around me feel on a day-in, day-out basis? And if I inspire those people I'm around to live their best lives, then I'm doing my job and I'm keeping my ego down. So it's funny. I used to say we don't have an ego. We do. We all have one. It's okay. It's just a matter of what's your intent? Where are you going with it? What, what is your purpose? And if you're clear on those things, man, we can help a lot of people. You know, it's really funny. Have you ever listen to Howard Stern? Yeah. You know, Shuli? I haven't listened in a while, so I don't know. Sorry. Maybe I... he, he was on for a long time. I had him on the podcast this morning. Reason, reason for this, me saying this is um, he said something, and it's the name of the episode, which is your ego is not your amigo. Mm. And I was like, dude, I love that. That sounds so cool. I've never heard it put like that. Your ego is not your amigo. And I, I, I feel like the ego is beneficial sometimes. Like sometimes it's got to be beneficial. We need ego. Uh, and, and there's also a part of me that understands um, my ego and my pride. And like when I build a new exercise or I coach a group of people and like I really know that something connected with them, like I feel proud of that now i don't let the ego go out of control like where my head swells and i walk out of the room sideways because it doesn't fit through the door there's a control in there i just do think that that ego is like see we did do a great job because there's a self-doubt side on the other side of that which is like they fucking hate you do you see nobody looked at you it was stupid you wasted your time you're never going to get booked again like that shit happens in my head all the time oh yeah you know and 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 then the ego because I've worked on my ego for so long, the ego comes in and goes, no, that was great. Did you see their faces? Like, that was awesome. And it's, 
evidence-based versus my other side of my brain, which is insecurity and emotion-based. I almost feel like my ego is helping me out by, by showing me what the evidence is, not just my bullshit emotions that are like, you're such an imposter. You're, you, you know, like you're playing this, uh, you're playing this guy and that's not you when you go home or like my, my brain says stupid shit like that. Really crazy stuff. And I have so much evidence to outweigh this. I mean, we've got how many podcast episodes, how many clients, how many people in our groups, how many people have hired us? Like we have contracts and my brain is still like, I don't think any of that's real. <laughs> and you know where it stems from? My mom. Oh. And I know my mom's going to listen to this. So I'm not going to, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying it's a mindset of scarcity that I was taught from her, that she was taught from her dad. Dude, you're talking hard wires, brother. I could go on for days so, on this. So I want to, I want to get into that. That's where I'm, that's where I'm taking this. I want to get into hard wiring. Yeah. Because I mean, look, yeah. we inherit so much baggage, some good, some bad. And my parents are awesome. But one of the biggest things I had to process through was my dad's association with money. The first time yeah. I made seven figures in a year, I felt like an ass. I felt like shit. I did not feel good. And it was such a weird thing because making money shouldn't feel one way or the other. Now, what you do with that money, and look, if you're helping people, that's a great thing. Now, if you're an asshole and you make a lot of money, that's not a good thing. But it has nothing to do. It's literally an object. What does that have to do with who you are as a person? So I guess with the ego, when you're in Well, there's a lot, actually. Before you go into that, it's a lot. People wrap their entire identity. I, you may have. I know I did. I wrapped my identity around the type of money I was making. And if, if I was making a little bit, I was a loser. Fuck off, loser. And if I was making a lot, I was a winner. And people should be looking at me as a winner. Mm. It was so messed up. It was so messed up. Yeah, brother, I, I see, and again, maybe I'm just a man of kind of low means. I, I, I'm a kid from Montana that just, I never gave a shit one way or the other. Material sure. items are not, have never been important to me, other than taking care of my family, right? Like, sure. my wife, she's got an expensive lifestyle, man. She grew up <laughs> with money. My kids, they have wanted for not. But for me, that never meant anything to me. That was just not important. But I understand what you're saying. But what sure. was interesting is when I made that first time, I remember, man, when I said I made you know, over seven figures in a year, I felt horrible. And I had to process to say why. And so I had to dig deep, and I had to talk to my dad about it because he used to say, oh, there go the pretty people if they were members of the country club. Or there go the pretty people that drove Mercedes. So when I bought my wife a Mercedes, I felt like, oh, now I'm that pretty person. Which, by the way, that's just... Who cares? But to me, sure. it meant a lot. And I, I heard this stuff for years. And the truth is, it doesn't really matter. If you your intent is pure, you're going to do some great things with it. Awesome. Sure. But it, I have met billionaires that are freaking miserable. They yeah. don't want to see the next day. And I've met people that are homeless, that they're the yeah. happiest people in the world. So I do know one thing. We all want to be happy. That is the one common theme I have met throughout the entire world. I don't care if you're in Thailand, Costa Rica, Scotland, or the U.S. Everyone wants to be happy. Money does not equate to that. Now, it can support that if that's important to you. You'd like to drive nice things or watches or whatever. 
but it should not dictate your happiness, I guess is where I'm going with that. I agree. And I don't think that that is a very easy thing for a lot of guys that are not evolved like you. It's not easy because money makes them who they are. I mean, I remember in my 20s, money made me who I was. And when I lost the money, the friends, the acquaintances, the relationships, it went with it because it was based on a relationship of I had this car. I had that beach house. I had this watch. And I was only associated with them because of that. Mm. And there's a part of me today at 40 years old, um, and I live in Southern California, so you got to really know your shit around here. You got to watch yourself around here. This is ego central um, and, f- and fake inauthentic people central. I've never seen more inauthenticity in my life. Um, and, and like I wanted to join a car club. I have a little M3 and I wanted to join a car club. And I was very specific in who I wanted to join with because I didn't want to join with a bunch of people whose cars made up their identity. That's the guy with that car. And now I have a rare car and I told the guys who I wound up joining with, and they're a wonderful group of people. I I said, guys, don't, don't refer to me as the guy with that car. I am a guy and you know me, my name's Ian. And I also happen to own this car and please just, I want to be specific about that. It was very interesting. The conversation we had uh, with the owner, but there's so many people out there that make money to make an identity. They're not as lucky as us. Or they just haven't done the work. Fuck lucky. They, they haven't done the work. They just yeah, haven't done the work yet. They, their eyes haven't been open to it. And that's, look, that's a lot of work to, to possibly sure. do. And I, as, as you probably feel, I, I love what you just said there. I'm Ian and I'm a dad, a brother, a, you know, friend. I mean, you wear so many hats. It's sure. one of the reasons I'll never start with, hey, my name's J.M., what do you do? What do I do? Like, who gives yeah, a shit? That, I like, yeah. who are you as a human being? First and foremost, there's so many more interesting yeah. questions to ask. So I, it does suck that people get wrapped up in that. I understand why look marketing 100% has been focused and driven for us to do that. And if you yeah. look at the heroes out there, you're not looking at uh, mother Teresa or, or, you know, some of these amazing leaders that we've seen through the years. You're looking at Elon Musk, and I'm not saying he's a good or bad, right? Uh, yep. Mark Zuckerberg, I'm not saying he's good or bad, but those yeah. are kind of the, the vaulted heroes today. When the truth is, that person working at the soup kitchen, they might be the biggest hero there is today, but they yeah. just don't get the publicity as they as maybe they should or could. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's go back to something you said about your dad, and like there goes the pretty people. That is... There are so many guys that I talk to in our coaching business or whether we're at an event or something who will say like, man, I just like, I'm tired of being broke. And I'm like, cool. What's your parents' financial situation? Broke. I'm like, okay, well, do you expect any different? It's how you were programmed. You can't program a computer to do anything different than the program it runs. You've never done anything different. Like jam, you did something different to reprogram yourself to, to attract that type of money. And I'm telling you right now, like that level of attraction you had was triple strong because of the level of programming you had about like, I mean, if I make a ton of money and I become a Mercedes and country club kind of guy, like, will my dad ever talk to me? Will he treat me the same? Will he still love me? Did that shit go through your head? Well, hundred percent, because my dad, especially when I first started my career, my dad, I remember when I, when I took the job and 
he goes, I said, Dad, I'm taking on a new career. He's like, how much is the salary? I'm like, well, there actually is none. And he's giving me this quizzical look, and he goes, well, the benefits must be amazing. I'm like, actually, there's none. And my dad doesn't cuss, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Those were his (laughs) fears and insecurities coming through because as a parent, his job is to protect me as his child. And we do it all the time. I do it to my kids, right? I try to put them in this bubble wrap and make sure they're protected. But the truth is you got to let them, you know, skin their knees, knock their teeth out and do all these things. It sucks to watch, but that's how we all learn. So to answer your question, absolutely did that go through my head. However, I am also driven by if you tell me I can't do something, that's the first thing I'm going to do. And so when my dad said, I shouldn't do and I uh, do the job that I was taking or the, where I chose to go to college. That was another big moment where I defied my father's like what he wanted. But I, it, it taught me to stand on my own two feet because they were two of the most important decisions I've ever made where I went to college. I literally chose a junior college to go play basketball for like they paid for my books versus a full ride swimming scholarship at pretty much any Pac-10 school at the time, Pac-10, now it's Pac-12, Pac school there was, that my parents didn't understand that. But guess what? It was the best decision I could make because I love basketball. I'm passionate about basketball. So I guess, Ian, what I've been blessed or fortunate with is I'm hard-headed enough to just follow my passions. And and if I, you know, again, get knocked down, which I have, I'm going to get my ass back up because guess what? I went to that junior college. I blew out my knee for the third time. My, my basketball career is effectively over. Guess what? Yeah. Again, another great thing that happened to me because then I ended up studying abroad. So, you know, it's just you got to follow what you really want, and you have to be quiet to know what that is. Yeah. So, do you, you know, that, that story is very similar. I, I, same thing with me in swimming, uh, swimming and water polo scholarship, except it, it wasn't my dad that – do you think your dad made you slash bred you like just the way he was into the defiant guy that you were that actually wound up helping you? Cause I think my mom did. My mom was so kind of like on me and, and rightfully so I was a crazy ass kid. You know, my dad was just like, let him go, let him do his thing. He's fine. Unless if he gets hurt, he'll learn. My mom was like, no, 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 no. And so I learned to be very defiant very early on. And when I got kicked out of preschool and kindergarten, <laughs> you get the fuck gets kicked out of preschool. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and elementary school and like all the other things that every teacher was like, he's a bad kid. He's never going to learn anything. He's never going to mount to anything. He's never going to grow. Like my mom sided with them and I learned to defy authority because of that, because I didn't feel that shit inside. I felt very smart. I felt like these tests are stupid. And now we look at it and we go, it was the tests that were stupid. You're testing me on shit that you need me to learn so that your aptitude te- or whatever, your scores go up for the county. It's not shit that I want to learn. So your test doesn't make me look smart or stupid. Your test is irrelevant to my intelligence. And that's the shit I learned later on. Yet that, those early years bred this defiance that was so strong. that It has, it has definitely kicked my butt. It has definitely kicked my butt before. And it has, you know, like when, when I started this podcast and everybody said, 
Only thing you need to pay attention to is your downloads. Get your downloads up and you can start getting dollars in. You can start getting ad money in. And I, and I just was like, well, who are you? Well, I've done 7,000 podcast episodes. I'm like, well, I think you're wrong. They're like, you're going to argue with an expert? I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's something different. And, you know, Steve Jobs says the ones who are, thinking, who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that are. And I didn't think that I was anybody special. I just thought I could do it a different way. And five months later, this podcast was top 1% in Apple iTunes because I followed one model, the message and the mission. And that's all that matters. You and I talked about that. But that defiance, for those people listening, I just wanted to be clear to them. You're talking to two guys that have been very successful in our lives, and we're very defiant to authority and to like the norm. And so it's okay. You just have to embrace it. And you got to be okay with the consequences that come with it because you're going to get smacked harder for sure, right? Yeah, it's really interesting because my mom supported everything I did. I literally walked on water with my mom for whatever reason. She is just a loving human being. I was the middle child following the footsteps of a perfect. My sister is brilliant. She's She was beautiful. She was athletic. She had everything my brother, my younger brother, extremely wicked smart. I wasn't any of those things. I just right. worked my ass off at whatever I was passionate about. And that's kind of served me well throughout. And I, I don't know what it is, man. Somebody tells me I can't do something. It's the best thing I can hear because that defiancy kicks in. And it's like, I will walk through whatever it takes to go accomplish it just to prove you wrong, which is weird, has its own set of stuff, I know, <laughs> right, um, right? and it drives my wife nuts, so she's had to learn not to tell me not to do these things. You know, I, it's, it's not my wife or my dad. If my dad tells me not to do something, I'm like, I should probably listen to him. <laughs> and I have, I have buck, bucked it back a couple times, and he, he reminded me uh, um, two nights ago, I was driving home from Scottsdale, and he was like, Hey man, just uh, listen. I know I know you're 39 years old, and I'm your old dad, but like, just watch your speed out there, man. Like, be careful. It's nighttime, and I was like, Yeah, thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. And he goes, He goes, I'm just not not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just remember those times when I said watch your speed, and you got your ass busted by the cops. So you know, and I go, Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. And I clicked my I clicked my cruise control from 95 to 85 because it out in the desert, like the speed limits are 85, 90 miles an hour. Yet my wife, my wife tells me not to do something like she very rarely says that when my wife says, no, we're not going to invest in that. I'm not giving you the money for that. We're not doing that. I don't argue a bit, mm. not one bit. But when I went to get my real estate license and I called my mom and I said, hey, um, and this isn't me trashing my mom, by the way, I'm just giving examples. Um, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about getting my real estate license. And my mom said, total heart to protect me. She said, well, you know, you're not that great of a test taker and you're not that great at math. Just, you know, maybe, maybe you want to pick something different. And in that case, when I called my dad, my dad was like, oh, I think it's a great idea, man. Go for it. So what drove me was my mom saying, you can't do it. You're never going to do it. And so I was like, I just had this F you attitude, not toward my mom. It was toward everybody that says you can't do this. You're unable, you're not capable, you're not smart enough, you're never going to make it. And I formed this resiliency through a defiant attitude that I think serves me still today. And, and again, it definitely smacks my ass, and it, there's some deep cuts in there. However, I've learned to embrace it and understand it and work with the ego. and the, it, like I've, I've learned to work with all that, kind of like you have. 
And I think it's a benefit, huge. Well, I think, especially in leadership too, man, and not that we're talking about this, but this is such a good example. Some people need to be lifted up, patted totally. on the back, given love. Some people need a kick in the ass. And, and guess what? We're all different. And the really yeah. good leaders figure out what's going to inspire. So in your coaching, I guarantee you do this all the time. You got the one people that you just need to give a hug to. And that's, that's going to make them be all better. It's going to drive them. And then the other ones where you got to, like, motherfuck them. Like, what are you doing, <laughs> right. man? And that's right. what's going to make them move. But that is truly probably why I love what I do, too, and why I'm sure you do, too. Because it's different every single time. There is no carbon cut like everybody's the same. It doesn't operate like that. We're talking about human beings with energy and minds and all sorts of... So to ever say it's going to be a, a cookie-cutter approach, that doesn't work. It doesn't work as a parent. It doesn't work as a leader. No. It doesn't lo- work in business. No, I completely agree, man. Completely agree. So how did... So you went through these businesses and you were telling me some stuff about the businesses. Like, you want to talk about that? And then... Let's move, let's roll into, let's go win and how that whole thing came along. Yeah, Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, the third, so to kind of catch the story back up, the second company was awful. It was just not a good fit. And the business partner that he and I had grown the first two together said, hey, let's split off and do our own. And we were going to do that. But then I knew a couple guys. And so we merged again, believe it or not, after this failed attempt at number two company, we merged with two other partners, and it was such a great decision in terms of monetary, in terms of cultural values. We were really clear on what we wanted to do, and it was an awesome ride. I'm still a silent partner on sabbatical. I don't know what the hell you call it, but I'm right. still receiving money from what I built, um, but it allows me to spend every energy all the time money into let's go win and so it's it's just awesome like today brother i have to tell you i had probably the most efficient day i've had in at least a month i made Love it. everything on my like top three things i had to do and then my task list got done now it's seven thirty east coast time so i definitely put in 12 hours or whatever it was today but the clock it just flew by I mean, yeah. I had the best time talking to people, connecting. I had a podcast with a guy that was talking about law of attraction. Brother, if you can't get excited after talking to somebody that is talking law of attraction, what he created, I was like, it's go time, man. So yeah, so it's just, yeah, every single day uh, I'm working on the third book right now. You know, my wife is like, when are you going to just stop and focus on one thing? And I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever do that. Unless I'm called to, and right now I'm not. I'm called to do the podcast, do the books, work with, I know you and and Tommy, I guarantee something's coming yeah. from that. I just know Something it. Will, yeah. And yeah, we uh, so that's kind of what we're doing right now. That's awesome, man. So where's the book come in? Like how did, how did that all, what, what, how did the idea start? And then how did you know it was something that you wanted to pursue and sink your teeth into? And did you, have you ever written a book before or was it just like you talk about that? Yeah, it's a great the, thank you. And I know we did talk about that. So uh, I had all my goals because I write all my goals down on, on a piece of paper. It's in my bathroom mirror. So I see it all the time or at least twice a day, yeah. brush my teeth in the morning and in the, the evening. But I share it with my family, too. So they see it. 
And my seven-year-old at the time, he's now 12, he walked in and he said, hey, dad, how's the book coming along? And I got crushed in that moment and inspired at the same time because for three years, my son had seen this goal. And the bullshit of it is, is I hadn't done anything with it other than written basically the first chapter. I, and I won't lie to my kids. So I looked him in the eye and I said, I haven't done much with it, bud. And that day I committed to, I was going to finish it. Within six months, the book was done. So to answer your question, no, I have never written. Uh, I don't necessarily even love my personal writing. That's why I worked with someone to, to really make it sound better and let my voice really come through. And it was such a cool experience, man. But you said imposter syndrome earlier. I had it. Yep. It came through. Uh, I was the, the toughest critic by far. I was just tearing apart so much so that it probably would never be done had my son not just put me on blast that day. So, you know, you talk about accountability. It's amazing what we learn from, from everybody, our kids included, man. Like I told my oldest boy, I, I, I think I work pretty hard. I learn work ethic watching my 15-year-old who plays a ridiculous amount of tennis. I aspire to work as hard as he does because he has a drive like I've never seen. And I learn accountability from my, from my younger boy. He will call me out on anything (laughs) as kids will do. And so it's, that's where it all came from. That's where the first book came from. And it just snowballed from there. So was let's go win the first book. Let's go win was the first book. Yep. The orange one off to my, whatever shoulder that is left. one. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but you didn't originally write that for everybody just, just for the that two for boys yep so you've inspired me because there, i have this thing called the power doc that i created for my my daughter so my my daughter like same thing she she's like i'm like she holds me accountable to saying not saying i can't or i don't know and like crazy stuff that i've only said like one time and i made it a rule in the house and then she's like oh dad uh <laughs> you can't or I'm like, <laughs> my wife will go, you created a monster. It's your fault. And so, um, I, I, when she was a baby, I started writing down everything that I knew, right? I thought about if I never got to talk to her, just, this is weird and morbid. Like what kind of legacy would I leave if she never really got to talk to me? Like in a, in a, back and forth scenario, not like a three-year-old talking to you, but like, you know, when she was a smart kid, she could talk at like nine months, 10 months, not, but not conversate. And so I started writing this document, not thinking like I'm going to die. I just, I was like, what if I live my, what if I build my legacy and like collect and put all my, uh, my thoughts and lessons and stuff on paper, like I can never teach my kids in person. And so I started building this thing called the power doc and started telling her about it. And now she'll be like, Oh dad, we should write that in the power doc. So it kind of inspired me that only my kids see that power doc yet. I know for a fact that the kids of the world and the parents of the world could bond over this type of thing and they could pick their favorite quotes. It's not all my shit. It's stuff I've learned. It's quotes that I like from, from famous people or influencers. Like how, how, how did that happen to where it went from for your kids to this published book 
Yeah, brother, and I love what you're doing because I know you're you're a student, man. So you're probably reading a ridiculous amount of books. <laughs> you're listening to podcasts. You're around amazing mentors and and an awesome group to do that to put that all together. That was same idea. Like I read yeah. approximately thirty books a year. I know it's rare for people to want to do that. So you sure. try and take these bits from authors and mentors and your parents and grandparents, and so. To your point, how did it get to that? When that gal called me selfish, I was like, you're right. Was that your publisher? Was that your publisher? Uh, it wasn't my publisher. It was actually a gal that I called to hold me accountable after Trey said, my Trey's my youngest, after Trey yeah. said, hey, Dad, how's the book going? I called her, and I said, hey, I need you to be on me about getting this done. And she was. She was awesome. She's exactly the coach or whatever you want to call her in that moment yeah. that I needed. And she's the one that called me out. She's like, cool, you finished the book. Now don't be a selfish prick. Share it with other people. And, brother, nice. it is one of the best things, uh, best pieces of advice I ever received because, look, it's about as vulnerable as you can get. If you truly pour your best work onto a piece of paper, that's permanent. Now you share it with the world. Look, you're going to have people say, that's a piece of garbage. I, yeah. I totally disagree. And guess what? That's okay. And so that, that whole idea of vulnerability, again, I'm a kid from Montana. I was taught boys don't cry, and I start chapter one with vulnerability. I yeah. can't be any more vulnerable than that to say, here I am, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm taking my mask off, that, and I want you all to read it and just just – embrace it hate it it doesn't really matter this is my best work and it's been such a blessing what's the book about like what are the what's the premise of it that you originally wanted to just teach your children was it you have two you have two or three boys i have two boys yep two boys okay so originally you were teaching your kids about about a full circle man or like a a, a whole man not like some of the bullshit we're taught about be a man don't cry suck it up be tough. And, um, I remember dude, my, and this isn't even like football or tough sports, like in swimming. I remember I was swimming at the U S um, national team down in Fort Lauderdale at the swimming hall of fame. And I remember we were, we were cranking it. We were on probably, we were probably on 20,000 yards for the day. You know how long that is. That's ridiculous. That's, it's fucking long. It's miles. We were swimming a day miles. And they were like, all right, everybody out. And it's like 6 o'clock at night. We've been swimming since 5 a.m. with a couple breaks, you know, for food, just for refuel. And, and they're like, all right, we're, uh, we're sprints on a, on a declining timer. Everybody's got a nail or we'll, we're, we'll stay. And we're like, fuck you, man. What are you, nuts? We just burned like 9,000 calories today. We're tired. Like we, our muscles need a rest. And so we get on. And as a sprinter, of course, I have to prove something. So I get out there. And what happened was when I set a time, the next person had to set a time. It was so stupid for the fastest guy to go first. So stupid. And I blew out, I blew out this, uh, I still have it, man. Like there's a ball right here. See that? Yeah. I blew this whole tendon out like, like to where my arm like started sagging. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. And they were like, get back in there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I got, I got to go to like a hospital. And they're like, no, you can swim with one arm. We'll tie it up. We'll tie it up on your side. And that's what they tried to do until somebody was like, he could probably drown doing that. He doesn't know how to swim with one arm. 
And there was a whole suck it up, don't cry like mentality. And it hurt like shit. I didn't want to cry about it. I, I wanted to complain about it. And it was like, suck it up, be tough. You're not on this team because you're a wimp. Like, that's how it was. And then they were like, you know, if you want to go swim with the girls, you can. And I thought, well, those girls are tougher than me. What are you talking about swimming with the girls? I don't want to swim with the girls. And I took it seriously. But what they were saying was the girls aren't tough. And, and that was how we grew up. You know, we're kind of around the same age. That's how we grew up. I, I have a son. I mean, I have a daughter and, I, and my son's turning two on Saturday. I, I, I don't want him to think that you always have to be tough. Like, I love what you did for your boys, man. Well, and for the world, for that matter. Think about this for a second. The things we were taught. Hey, don't cry. Bottle that shit up. Put it way down deep. And then someday yeah. it's going to explode like a volcano. It's awful <laughs> advice. Like, whoever yeah. thought of this, it was just really, really bad. And again, that's the hardwires that have been passed down for generations. And so we do. We have to evolve. And so to answer your question, it's 12 chapters and it's basically the, the sections of life that I just wanted them to focus on. So actually, the, the last three chapters, uh, fun, courage, and transcendence. Transcendence is a big word for me. That means overcoming yeah. self-limiting beliefs. So I finished the book with that because I wanted my boys, and that's actually the three cultural values of my company, courage, fun, and transcend. I wanted my boys to, to, to have fun first and foremost. If it's not fun, stop doing it, man. It's just, True. it's it, look, we're not here long enough to do it. And for any of those people miserable in their job, stop. You don't have right. to. Um, be courageous. That's the next step, right? Like in anything we're going to do, it's going to take courage to go out and fail. It's going to take courage to succeed. It's going to take courage in everything we do. And then lastly, transcend. Overcome whatever self-limiting belief you have. And I know, I get it. There's fears. But remember, fears aren't real. They literally are, it's false evidence appearing real. It's not a real thing. And so I do a whole exercise with people I coach where I'm like, look, recognize that you have it, release it by writing it down, burn it, tear it up, eat it. I really don't care. And then react in opposition to that fear. So that's the right. three R's I use when it comes to fear. It's like, okay, recognize it, release it, and then react in opposition. So that, that was the whole idea of the book, man. I will say <laughs> that uh, seven-year-old is now 12. He has still not read the entire book. Um, That's all right. And my 15-year-old has read it a couple times. So regardless, it's touched a lot of people, and it's been, it's been awesome. I feel like they, when they need it, they'll go for it. So like I had to put this, this idea out of my head. Like I write in my journal – to them, right? So I don't write to me. I write to them. Who's going to read my journal? Me and them. Or maybe like a coaching client or something, but I, I'm not leaving my journals behind for my clients. I'm leaving my journals behind for my legacy, for my family. You know, my clients are a part of legacy. However, I think it would be fascinating to like find my dad's old journals. Like I'm, I'm chronicling my dad's life on the podcast right now because my dad doesn't have old journals. And to see in his handwriting like with dried tears on some of the pages. I think that's so neat. I, maybe my kids don't. Maybe my kids do. But like, I think they'll read it when they need it, when they want to. And it'll be when they need to get close to you and maybe don't feel like they can. Or, or like me. They, they, 
they're not going to read it because you want them to. You know what I mean? Like that's why they won't. Because if you were defiant and I was defiant, our kids have defiance built into their DNA. They just do. That's so true. My 12-year-old, I can't talk him into anything. So great news. He's never going to get peer pressured into shit. Now, (laughs) if he's doing bad stuff, I'm not peer pressuring him out of it either. So it's it's one of those, it's a blessing and a, and a curse. <laughs> Some people have to learn by their mistakes, man. Some, and that was me. Like My dad would say to me, look, dude, I've made that mistake before and I've already paid for it. It already cost me. So you can learn from my mistakes, which are free to you, by the way. Or you can learn from yours, which have a cost, mainly monetary and probably time and opportunity cost to them. It's your call. I'm okay with whatever one you choose. And so in my, my, in my later, my later uh, like teens and like my mid-20s, I started really listening to that a lot more than yeah, whatever. My dad doesn't know anything. My dad's like telling me stories. I'm like, holy shit, you did that? Wow, I thought you were a square. I think every kid thinks their parents are square, you know, like just boring. So, dude, this has been, uh, this has been awesome, man. Like I, I, um, I love what you're doing for your boys. I love what you're doing for the community, for the world. I just, I love that you shifted and switched and like are following this passion that you're really fulfilled by every day. Cause I remember you telling me like that you weren't really fulfilled by your other job, your, your, your business. You liked running the business. You just, it wasn't fulfilling you. And now you found something that does. And I can tell you right now, like Meredith, my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Like money will come being fulfilled every day is, is, you can't buy that. You just can't, you cannot buy that. You know, like I'm, I'm looking over like out my window here. Like I got this big piece of glass in front of me and I look over this Canyon top. I'm still on top of a Canyon in Los Angeles. I look over the Canyon. The sunrise comes from like right here. The sunset comes from like right there. And I'm like, wow. Like when I finish this interview, I'm going to go take my kids for ice cream and dinner. And we're going to watch the sunset and, Life is amazing. I had three podcast interviews, four coaching calls. And that was my day. That's my life. Like, think about it. That, that is my life. It's the mission straight. Educate, elevate, empower, enrich, and evolve men to be on purpose. Mm. That's what I did all day. Well, brother, I mean, how can you not? I mean, how can you not? I'm excited just listening to it. It's like, I want to go shadow you for the day just to be like, all right, give me some <laughs> of that. I want, I want a little bit of what Ian's getting, man. That, that sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> Yeah, it's good, man. And it comes with pressure, self-imposed. It comes with a lot of um, self-loathing mm. of like, what are you doing? You're an imposter. You were a real estate agent. Then you were this guy. Then you're that guy. Now all of a sudden you're coaching and you're leading a men's movement. Who the fuck are you? That's in my head. I'm talking to myself that way. My other side is, you know, countering it like we talked about with ego earlier. Like my other side's countering it. So it's not all roses and it's never going to be. You still have that, that type of stuff in your head. Like we all have insecurities. We just, I think as coaches, we get out of them faster or like we get to the other side of it faster or the other side of fear faster. Oh, recognize it's all bullshit, right? Like whatever's yeah. happening, it's not that it's, it, it, you can't control emotions that happens like uh, so fast. You cannot control right. that thought. What you can do is how you respond to it. And if yep. you if people can get that part down, look, sixty thousand thoughts are going through your head. No, I don't care if you're an enlightened monk, you're the Dalai Lama, you are going to have negative thoughts. It is a part of it. 
but the grace that you give yourself to say, that's okay. That's actually not who I am. And you just kind of let it go to the side. And then whatever you put your energy on, that positive stuff, as you're doing, brother, man, it's pretty cool to see what we can create. It is really cool, man. Well, look, I support everything you're doing. However, this podcast and our our group and movement can be a, a positive impact or staple or foundation or whatever to help you and your movement. You got our our support for sure. You know, like you said, man, the universe just it puts people together the way it's supposed to happen. And and listen, the the person that we're um, I'm going to drop this out there so the universe starts working again. Like the person we're talking about is Tommy Breedlove. Tommy, if you're listening, we we want we're, we're collaborating. And Tommy's been on the podcast. the 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 episode was highly entertaining and and very value based, uh, very valuable. And it's interesting because when JM and I met each other, we started talking about this guy, and it turns out that we're both after Tommy to collaborate on something. And I had, I had an appointment on uh, February 10th to go to Atlanta to work with Tommy on something. And I said, Jam, why don't you come along? Like, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's the three of us do it. Unfortunately, we couldn't get a lot of time. So now we're going to have to reschedule. But now it's the three of us masterminding on how to impact all the men of the world. And, and like, and it's three of our brains. That, that's cool. That's really cool. It's powerful, man. You know, I used to question yeah. it. it. Used to be like, Oh, it's got to all match up. No, no, it doesn't. It look, no. it feels right. Who cares? Put yourself out there, and that's what that's what we both did. That's what Tommy did. It's gonna be amazing, brother. I can't wait. But you know what? Same yeah. time, it will happen when it's when it's time. So, yeah. So, what? Where can people find the the book? Yeah, thank you, brother. Uh, they can find the book on Amazon or on my website. Let's go win dot com. Uh, let's go win podcast, man. If you guys. Men on Purpose is incredible. I love the way you do this podcast. It is so refreshing how conversational this is. So great job. Thanks, uh, but definitely, you. If, you know, if you want to check another one out, let's go in podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I encourage. There's no competition out here. Not in the shit that we're doing. That would uh, be really, that would be, that'd be egotistical if I were like, Hey, uh, Jam, make sure you don't plug your podcast. I don't really want to keep on. Like, it's so dumb. Dude, I, so so no. I know we're finishing up, but isn't that funny yeah. where people are yeah. like, it's lonely at the top? No, it's not. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. There's so much abundancy. Like, brother, I, that's why don't be afraid to collaborate, empower. Anyway, no. I, I don't mean to get us well, going. It's lonely. It's, it's lonely at the top when you've clawed your way to the top, maybe excluding people or thinking about people as competition and trying to like hide your cards mm. or, you know, like I, I remember when I first started out in real estate and I said to this lady, Hey, can I, um, can I, can I market one of your listings and I'll hold the open house for you. You're not going to do it this weekend. You're going to be away. And she was like, absolutely not. And I was like, well, well, why not? It would help you and your client. And she's like, I don't want you talking to my client. And I was like, well, I mean, they, they keep telling me that we're all on the same team in this brand. Uh, is that not it? Like, what if I get your house sold for you? Is, isn't that how it's supposed to be? And the freaking manager of the brokerage who I ran to, and I was like, hey, what the fuck? What's up with this? She goes, oh, yeah, we don't do that. And I'm like, well, what if I could get the property sold? <laughs> isn't that the goal? And they were like, yeah, we, no, 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 we, we don't we don't share. What, what are you, nuts? And I'm like, I am I nuts? I feel like it's a cooperation for the client it's not about you in this ah, business i love that it's not about right. you oh, it's not about you 
it's not about me. I'm a catalyst. It's not about you. You're a catalyst and you're an orchestrator. And that's what I am. I'm a facilitator of information. That's what Tommy is. That's what all these guys are. Why the hell will we want to stop each other, man? We're, we're like, we're thousands of times more powerful together because my personality is different. Yours is different. You have a little bit more over here and I have a little bit more over here. And if the world benefits, isn't that the, isn't that the thing? Isn't that the point? Brother, I, uh, let's go win. I'm telling you, that's why my company is called that. Like, let's, <laughs> yeah. it's we, let's all go yeah. win. Shit, there's yeah. tons of winning to be done. So anyway. Yeah, there's no competition on, in, in I, I, I gave myself and my ego that talk very, like when I first, uh, I mean, you know, I bought men on purpose, the, the brand name, it was owned by some whack job. And I took it and built it into what it is today. And it, and I promised myself that, like, I would never see competition in this. I would always see cooperation. Now, there's jerk-offs out there that are doing, like, some wacky stuff with personal development. I just canned a couple off my Instagram uh, yesterday for some just, just whacked-out philosophies and just whacked-out philosophies and ideals and, like, mindset. And I'm like, God, man, I don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be a part of that. The rest of us who are, who are genuine and authentic – in our in our approach and our desire and our drive to lift guys up and kind of like help them get to the next level how the hell can i not support that uh it's true man you're clear on your brand you're clear on who you are brother i love it yeah all right jam appreciate you man this has been this has been great like i i we could we could riff like this for probably a couple hours man well we will we definitely will um but thanks for being on here and sharing your your life and your your lessons learned and everything about Let's Go Win and your passion. I know the audience is going to get a lot out of this, so we appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing, yeah. man. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And then you and I are going to swap. I'm going to be on Let's Go Win. I don't know when, sometime. So audience, listen for that. You want to go find uh, everything JM out there? Go to letsgowin.com. Check out the Let's Go Win podcast. Go to the Amazon, get the book. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. It's, it sounds awesome, and it, and I think it'll inspire me to organize everything up that I've already kind of built, and then publish that not only for my children, for the dads of the world that maybe want to get inspired. So this is great. Thanks again, man. Appreciate you, brother. Audience, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>